You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. I just want to welcome all our guests and visitors here today as well. Welcome those who are joining with us online, and uh, just so good to have you here. This is our Remembrance Sunday, and we're going to be taking communion and doing a special remembrance moment at the end of our service, but I wanted to preach a message today that I've simply titled, Oh Come, Let Us Adore Him. Oh Come, Let Us Adore Him. There's a, a whole bunch of interesting people that come along to church. If you don't believe me, just look around. I remember we were pastoring uh, another one of our campuses a number of years ago, and this gentleman started coming along to church, and it was really interesting. He was—it was an older gentleman. He'd show up in a full three-piece suit, and he would uh, during worship. What he would do is he would just—he wouldn't sing. He would just look around the room. You know, everyone's singing. Everyone's—he's just doing this one, just looking around the room, just checking everyone out. He's going for a wee wander every now and again, just sussing out the room. Okay. And then when I would get up to preach the word, you know what he would do? He would sit down and out of his back pocket, he would pull out a book. And he would read a novel, like a John Grisham or something. Like I'm not saying he's pulling out his Bible. This guy would literally, as I begin to preach, he would pull out a book, he'd sit there, he'd sit across his leg and he'd just sit there reading his book while I'm, listen, I know I'm not the most captivating of communicators, but at least do me the, the courtesy of doing what everyone else does and pretend to be taking notes on your phone while you're still actually scrolling social media. That's what you guys don't realize. I can see everything from up here. Everything. I know what you're up to. I know that Nathan has just finished a Sudoku. <laughs> Emily just won a trade me auction. Well done. We can see everything. And this guy, he would look around and worship and then he would sit down and he would read, he would literally just read a book, the whole sermon. And then after the service, he would go around the cafe and he would go and talk to people, but he would, he would like try and scam people. And so what he was doing was just looking around the room for like vulnerable people and he would go around and try and like scam them. And I was like, this isn't happening. I'm a shepherd of the flock. I, I don't just feed the sheep, I protect the sheep. So I'm going to have a conversation with this guy. The Liam Neeson came out in me. <laughs> I, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. Don't have any money. So I said to this guy, I said, listen, I'm, I'm not a rocket scientist, just a humble pastor, but I, I'm just not sure you're here for the right reasons, brother. I'm not sure your motivation to be here, to come to church is really the right motivation. And as I read through the nativity story, I found it interesting that there are also and there's a character in the story whose motivation to seek Jesus also was not the best. In fact, we find in Matthew chapter two, there's this uh, introduction to the story with the, the wise men coming to seek Jesus. They're, they see a star and they come to worship him and they, uh, King Herod also hears about these wise men coming to seek the Lord Jesus. And so he says, hey, when you find him, come back and tell me because I wanna go and I wanna worship him too. We pick it up in Matthew chapter two, going forward to verse number seven. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, go search diligently for the child, and when you found him, bring me word, so I may go and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, a star they'd seen, and went and rose before them until it came to the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with, with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him, and opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Then verse 13, now when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there till I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. In this passage, we see two different people groups wanting to search for Jesus. They're both wanting to seek out Jesus, but they both had very different motivations for why they were going to see him. Herod saw Jesus for what he could take. But the wise men sought Jesus for what they could give. Herod sought Jesus for what he could take, but the wise men sought Jesus for what they could give. And I wonder today, why are we seeking him? Why, why have I come here to seek the Lord today? Let me unpack this a little bit. Herod's motivation to seek after Jesus was for personal gain. I've been married, uh, Bex and I have been married for 18 wonderful, loving beautiful years. Did I say that right, babe? It's, she's watching online. She's actually at home. She's not very well this week, so please pray for her. There's a bit of sickness going around the greenhouse. But we've been married for 18 years, and early on in the marriage, my wife would sometimes come to me and say, CB, you know how much I love you? And I would think to myself, what a lovely statement. She loves me a lot. I do know how much you love me. I, I feel very affirmed in that statement. But over time, I, I came to learn something. She doesn't mean what I think she means when she says that. Now, later on, many of you men will know this. When your wife says to you, hey, babe, you know how much I love you, right? I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> There's something I have to fix. There's something I need to build. There's something I need to undo. There's something I need to figure out for her. Like, the, the words that are coming out of your mouth are, babe, you know how much I love you, right? But I'm thinking, you want something from me. The motivation behind your statement of love is one of personal gain. You want me to do something for you. And so Herod's desire to seek Jesus was not out of a heart to honor him for who he was. It was out of a desire to take something from him. In fact, the Bible tells us he wanted to take his life. Herod wanted to take something from it. And I'm not here today suggesting that any of us have murderous intent towards the baby Jesus. But I do think sometimes we approach God with the same mindset, with the same heart. Where we approach God from the mindset that says, what can I get from him? This is what I want you to do for me. I, there is something, I'm seeking you because of what I want from you. And as I reflect on my own journey of faith, I realize that far too often I approach God in the same way. Far too often I go to meet with God and all I have with me is my shopping list. You know the shopping list prayer? God, I need eggs and milk and bread and God, I, I, God, I, I need this and I need that and God, I, I, need you to, I need you to fix my children and God I, God, I need you to help my wife to say sorry more often. God, I, God, I need you to fix my boss. He's driving me crazy. God, God, I need you to Provide a house for us. God, I need you to, to, to deal with this thing. God, I need direction in my life. And, and all we do is we come to God like God is like the, the cosmic vending machine. God, I just want this and I need this. And this is what I, this is what I need from you today. And, and I know that we all have need in this room, every one of us. Every single person here has something you're crying out to God for. That's just reality. Every one of us has a need Every one of us has something we're saying, God, I need you to show up in this area. But my prayer as we approach Christmas 
is that perhaps we would approach God with a different heart and a different mentality. I wonder if perhaps this Christmas we could approach God not out of what we want Him to do for us, but just with a heart to bless Him. Just with a heart that says, God, I want to worship you not because of what you can do for me or what I want you to do for me. I want to worship you because you're worthy of my worship. Because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Emmanuel. You are God with us. You are God incarnate Jesus come born in a manger who carried the sin of the world on his shoulders and paid the debt of my sin and conquered death in the grave and rose again. You are the God of all creation. So you're worthy of my worship. Not because of what I want you to do for me. But I'll worship you because of who you are. Because you're worthy of it. I wonder if I'm seeking God like Herod this Christmas. Or am I seeking him like the wise men? See, the wise men sought Jesus for what they could give, not what they could get. Uh, every Christmas, um, I don't do really any Christmas shopping, by the way. I buy a few gifts for my wife, that's all I do. And I follow instructions of what to go to the shop to buy. <laughs> and so, when it comes to Christmas Day, I'm equally as surprised as everyone else as to what they got. So like my kids are opening gifts and I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm like, cool, that's great. Who got you that? And I have little like nieces and nephews coming up to me going, Uncle Steve, thank you so much for my gift. I'm like, you're welcome. And I look at my wife and I go, is that from us? <laughs> or, or I'll go, like I've made the mistake a few times where I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Who gave you that? And they go, you did Uncle Steve. I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm awesome. I have no idea what people get. See, my, my wife is wonderful at giving gifts. I'm great at receiving the credit for the gifts. The wise men on this first Christmas morning, they come and they bring, the, not the first Christmas morning, it's a few days after he's been born, but they come and they bring these gifts. They come and bring gifts of incredible value to Jesus. Like these are three of the most expensive things you could possibly bring. Gifts of incredible value. And you know what they do? They just come to simply bless him. The wise men show up and they're like, we're not here to take anything from you. We're not here to ask anything from you. We're not here because we have an agenda of our own personal gain. All we're here to do is worship you because you are the Lord Almighty and all we want to do is bless you. And this blessing is going to really cost us something. It's going to, it's going to come out of a place of real sacrifice and real cost and we're actually, all we want to do is bless you because you're the Lord of all creation. You're the Messiah. You're the Savior. You're the one that's been prophesied about for thousands of years and you've come. And so our heart in this moment is to simply go, we bless you. We worship you. You're worthy of it all. And they worship him because he's worthy. And they come and they, they come with joy. The Bible says that they came with great joy. And then they surrender. They fall on their knees before him. And then they just bless him with these gifts. It's an amazing picture, an amazing moment. And I wonder if today, this Christmas, I wonder if we could adopt the same heart. I wonder if we could have that same heart that says, you know what, God, I'm seeking you and I'm pursuing you and I'm coming after you, Lord. Not because of all the things I need you to do for me. Well, not out of the things that I want you to do in my life. But I'm going to come and worship you just because I want to bless you. Just because I want to glorify you, because you're worthy of it. You deserve it. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You, you're, you're my creator. 
you formed this whole world and me and you gave me the very breath I'm breathing this morning, so all I'm going to do is come and just worship you. And, and more than that, I want to bless you. I want my life to be a blessing to you. I want to honor you. I wonder if this Christmas we have a heart that says, God, I just want to bless you. And I, I want to worship you with joy in my heart, with surrender of my life. I'll fall on my knees before you. And I'll just simply bless you with everything I have. Everything I have. My question today again is, why are we seeking him? Why are we seeking him? Don't get me wrong. God does want to bless your life. And God does want to answer your prayers. And God does want to heal you and deliver you and set you free. And God does want to meet you in those places. But that's not our motivation for coming to him. Our motivation is because he is the Lord of all creation and he's worthy of our praise. It's worthy of our praise. Um, as you came in this morning, you would have received a little communion um, cup as you came in. And online, sorry, I didn't pre-warn you, but we're going to have communion in a few moments' time. So if you want to grab that out. If you don't have one, uh, if you miss it on the way in, then our team is just going to walk around. Just give them a friendly wave as they come by you. They'll bring you one. And I wonder if we could just pause for a moment. So the team's just going to walk around. If you don't have one, just give them a wave. They'll bring it to you. I wonder if we could just pause for a moment now and take this moment to receive communion together. See, when Jesus established this, moment, this practice, he, he said he took the, the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then the cup of wine, he says, my blood poured out for you for a, representing a new covenant between God and people. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And, and I wonder if this moment, as we just prepare to take communion, we say, God, I'm not here in this moment for anything you can do for me. But as I receive communion today, I'm simply saying thank you. And I'm simply worshiping you for who you are. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who came and died a sinner's death on that cross for my sin paid my debt. I'm so grateful. And all I say is, God, I thank you. God, I thank you. Let's just take a moment. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. What a the amazing grace of God. And, and as a church, Lord, I pray that we would, I know we all have need, oh God. We all have need. We all have things we just are crying out to you for, but in this moment, we simply come and we honor you. Thank you for your body broken and your blood shed for us. And so we just worship you today. In this moment, we're not asking anything of you. All we're saying is thank you. We remember and we honor you, Lord. Let's eat and drink together this morning, church.
Lord, this Christmas, I pray that our hearts would be aligned to you. Lord, more than anything you can do for us, we simply want to know you. We thank you for your amazing grace. Lord, not one of us is here because of our own merit, but because of you, because of your cross, your body broken, your shed blood. We thank you for that. So right now we come back to the heart of worship. Lord, we just come with joy. We come with surrender. And we, Lord, we come to bless you today. So we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Just with your eyes closed and every head bowed, I want to pray one more prayer. If, if you're here today and your life is not right with God, but you want to be, maybe you've never made a decision to follow him, or maybe you have before, but you'd be honest and say, Steve, my life is far from God. Maybe you're watching online and you're like, man, I'm just not right with God. The truth is, friends, God loves you. God made you. God has a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all sin. We all fall short of God's standard and our sin, it separates us from God, but God in his grace sent his own son Jesus to that cross, and when he died on that cross, he paid your debt and my debt, and he conquered death in the grave, and he rose again to new life, and he extends to every single one of us today forgiveness, grace, a brand new life, a new start. It begins right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. You get to walk into the plans that God has for your life. God has a great plan for you, friend, and then there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with him, and friend, if you're not right with God today, but you want to be, I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer with me. I'll pray this out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. Online, you can join me as well. Just pray this in your heart. Say, God, today, I give you my life. I know I've sinned, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I accept your free gift of grace. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. And I will ask you to come and be the Lord of my life today. I turn from my own ways and I turn to you. And I ask you to make me brand new today. In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer, um, I, wanna, I wanna congratulate you. I wanna say well done. And I wanna invite you to do one more thing for me. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to take one little step. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three. When I get to three, if you pray that prayer and you got your life right with God today, either for the first time or maybe this is the fifth time, sixth time, I don't care, but you got right with God today, what I want you to do when I get to three is I want you to put your hand up nice and high, saying, yes, Steve, count me in. I pray that prayer. If you're online, there's a button coming up that says, I raise my hand. Or there's a link in the chat. You can push that. What I'm asking you to do is to take a little step of faith, put a little bit of action to your decision. Are you ready? On the count of three, be bold, be brave. One, two. Three, hands going up nice and high right now, saying, Steve, that's me. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you up top. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Right down the back. Right down the back. Right down the back. Awesome. Got you guys. Up top. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, I see you guys. You can put your hands down now. That's great. Fantastic. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me online? You just go ahead and push that button. Yeah, brother. I got you. Thank you. Yeah. We see you too online. Another one online, thank you so much. God bless you, we see you. Amazing. God, we thank you so much for your amazing grace. Thank you that you are in the business of 
setting people free and restoring people to new life. And so God, I pray for each of those people who just said yes to you. Lord, I pray that they would know the full, free and abundant life that you came to give them. Lord, may this not just be a temporary decision, but may this be a moment in time that marks them for all eternity. Lord, we bless them right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, church, we put our hands together. Congratulate every single person that just said yes. Absolutely amazing. Friend, I want to let you know, if you just prayed that prayer either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, please, on the seat in front of you is an orange connect card. Grab that card, put the de- your details on that, tick the box that says you've committed or recommitted your life to Christ and put it in a connect box as you leave online. There's a link coming up in the chat. Please fill that in. We would love to help you on your journey. It's is step one of an incredible journey with God. And so we're so, so proud of you. If there, if there is anything else, friend, that you, any other step of faith you want to take, I want to encourage you, grab that connect card. And, uh, and use it. It's going to be a, a real blessing to you and to us to be able to walk that journey together. You know, friends, uh, today is also our Remembrance Sunday, and we, we do this, um, the, well, the closest Sunday to Christmas, bar Christmas Eve, um, where we just take a moment to um, acknowledge and remember loved ones that maybe won't be with us this Christmas. You know, it's really, Christmas is a wonderful time, but it also can be a really challenging time where you, maybe for the first time, or um, there's a, a seat missing at the table, you know? There's an there's a empty seat at the table. And uh, it can be a real challenge for a lot of us as we come near to Christmas to think, oh man, this person's no longer with us. Or, and it can be quite a, a grief-filled time. And so what we do every year is we just provide a space and a moment uh, for us to just acknowledge that. And for us to take a moment just to pray and say, God, just would you give us peace in this moment? And what we do is at the back of the church and at the sides, there's some baskets with roses in them. And what we're going to do is in a few moments, we're all going to stand, we're going to worship God. And um, if you would like to, you're more than welcome to go grab a rose or two and come forward and just place it on the stage here at the front, just as an act of remembrance, just acknowledging and thanking God for that loved one and, and all they meant to you and the life that they lived. And it can be a really powerful and healing moment for people, especially at this time of year. Uh, and so once you've, we want to worship in a few moments, and once we've done that, you can, once we start, we'll invite you to go grab a rose and come and bring it and put it at the front. And then once you, and have a moment, don't rush it. Don't, don't feel like you've got to like speed through this, but take a moment as a family. And then I'll, I'll invite you to head back to your seat because I'd love to pray for you before we finish up our service. So can we stand to our feet, church? Is that okay? You know, uh, every year this, this part in the service is such a blessing to so many because there's very few ways in our modern world where we have a space to do something like this, just to acknowledge loss and to acknowledge grief and to acknowledge loved ones that are no longer with us. And, and this can be a real powerful and healing space for people who are journeying through grief. But the Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. And I'm just believing that you're going to know the nearness and closeness and goodness of God in the midst of this moment. So let's pray. And then the team's just going to lead us in worship. And then you can feel free to head back, grab a rose, 
bring it back. If, if you're not going to lay a rose, that's absolutely fine. Just, just stay in worship because I, I want to pray for you before we finish up. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your grace. And your word does declare that you are close to the brokenhearted and you bind up their wounds. And so, Lord, we just take this moment. We thank you for every person that you bring into our lives that is so special to us and also so special to you. And as we take this moment, I pray this would be a healing moment, a restorative moment, that the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding would flood this room, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.